Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, where we talk District 3 activities week in, week out in the great state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined by our District 3 expert, Logan Green. LG, what's up? Hey, Brandon, what's going on? Hey, it is uh, cold and rainy where I live. As soon as we're done with this, I'm actually going to put on like a, a hoodie or a sweatshirt to try to warm up, so... It, it was cold this morning. I think I, we actually left our window open last night. I was like, man, it's cold, but I'll take it. Uh, well, like I said, last week was the first game I did all season where I needed a jacket um, in Burley. It was it was a little chilly out there. They even had snow on the top of the mountain back there behind Burley. I was like, all right, I guess it's coming. Um, but it's always nice to have. I was talking about this with my wife, and I appreciate the you know the seasons, right? Because during the winter, I'm like, I am so done with this. I want it to be hot. And then, you know, late August comes and you're like, I'm so done with this. I'm ready to. So it's it's good that we have that, right? And the same with sports, right? You know, you just can't wait for football. Then you get enough of football or soccer or whatever. And then you get basketball. And then you get enough of basketball. And, you know, it, it's 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 nice to, to cycle through everything, right? Yeah. Uh, you should have known better going to a place like Burley. Yeah. That it would have been cold. That's a great dad joke, Brandon. That's a, <laughs> I never even thought of that. I never, you, can use, you can use that on your kids sometime. Dang. It's too bad. I'm not going there again. I know Paul's going there this week. I, I should, uh, I'll make the joke in, in uh, retrospect. How about that? There you My go. Kids. Yes. We are featuring Bishop Kelly at Burley this week on yeah. IdahoSports.com. Amongst other football games, we will get to that uh, in just a little bit. But first, Logan, you mentioned the seasons are changing and we have gone from regular season to postseason. That's right. Our first postseason events have taken place. It is district golf for our 5A and 4A competitors. Logan, they were out on the links yesterday, Wednesday, September 27th. Let's start with let's start with the less dramatic one, the 4A meet. This was held um at the golf course in star um river birch golf course to nobody's surprise bishop kelly boys and girls win the team titles and oh by the way bk also had the top individual in each one um on the boys side it was aiden zentanai and on the girls side kara carter were your individual champs both from bishop kelly so knights rolling they will be the favorites at state next week up in north idaho as well yeah, that's no different than last year, right? I, it's crazy. It's already been a year, but I feel like we just had this conversation a year ago. We were looking at some of the shot differentials, right, between um, the, you know, strokes differentials, I'll say, between the, you know, first and second, even third place. And we're talking massive gaps um, for those golfers from BK, uh, just running away with it. And like you said, no drama needed there in Star yesterday, just a um, another great win for Bishop Kelly Golf. <laughs> Meanwhile, the 5A uh, district meet uh, was was full of drama. This was at Purple Sage Golf Course, which is in Middleton. Uh, and let's start on the boys' side, where uh, individually, Capital High senior Trevor Garris gets his third district championship of his high school career. Yeah, that's impressive to win anything. It's hard to three-peat in anything, um, but to go you know three years in a row, that means you're doing it as an underclassman, right? That you're winning district championships that young. That's very impressive to do. And, and golf might be the one sport where 
Um, I mean, there's other sports, but you can come in as a freshman and really just take over. You know, you you have that ability. I think you can do that in the, in the running events as well. Like you see that with with some great runners that we have uh, around the state that just win everything from the time they're a freshman to the time they leave. Um, and I think you could do that in golf. And clearly, we're seeing that from him uh, right now. Yeah, Michael Liklama from the Idaho Statesman had a great write-up of the 5A district meet, uh, and he said that Garris uh, is the first golfer to three-peat since Jason Williams of Meridian from 2000 to 02. So we're talking, you know, 20-plus years since somebody has three-peated. Uh, Trevor Garris of Capital ends up shooting, uh, let's see, he ends up shooting three under par, 68 total. He beats Rocky Mountain's Jacob McFarland by three strokes. So McFarland shot right at par. That was the individual race. But Logan Middleton on their home course ends up winning the team title on the boys side. Yeah, they get it done, right? They, this is a school that, you know, just moved up to 5A. I know there's all this shifting around, which I'm sure we can uh, hit on in a little bit. But they've been very successful in sports so far, right? And in the move up and they get it done again here. Um, boys golf takes the crown like you said on the home course um you know i if i ever go up there there's a lot of middleton middleton they even the golf team holds like a kids golf um clinic um a lot of schools do this i think it's really good they do it as a fundraiser right they have um like you know 50 bucks for the kid to come out and play basketball with the basketball team or whatever um but the golf team does it there at purple sage middleton's golf team um so, you know, maybe a little home field advantage, right? You know your home course better than anybody. Obviously, that's going to change, you know, moving the holes around and things like that. But generally, those kids are playing that course all the time. Um, and maybe that did hold some advantage for Middleton. I don't know. I mean, I'm not the best golfer in the world or even close. To, I'm beyond the worst. Um, but, you know, it's got to mean something, right? Playing on a course you know so well. And I know this whole I know where this goes. I know, you know, if I can hit it just right here, I'm going to be an advantage on the next shot. It really does go a long way. And so they take advantage of it and win the district. Yeah. So Middleton shoots as a team, 299. Boise took second at 304, uh, or excuse me, 303. So uh, Middleton wins by four, four strokes. Very close. And the way these golf tournaments work, Logan, is you come in and you seed your golfers one through five. You get five varsity golfers and your best golfer is your number one your second best is number two mm-hmm. so on and so forth and they do that so they can group players of similar skill set together so all the number ones kind of golf together right in your foursome you'll be with other number one golfers which helps competition wise right, right. It, pu- it pushes you to be better but also then it's not like oh man we're waiting on this one guy still we're waiting on logan here he's still on the <laughs> Right. Shot six on this par three. Come on, bud. <laughs> right. So the crazy thing is, though, that any of your five um, can can score in any order, but you kind of see them coming in. Middleton's number five golfer, Logan, actually finished highest amongst all of the Vikings. Cade Dean was the number five golfer. He finishes in a tie for third overall, and then he beats Bo Shar from Eagle in a playoff hole. So he get, he takes third place. Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, just any of those five and it, you, you see this a lot, like in, in golf more than other sports, I think, right. Is you have a golf tournament. It's, it's not always your one, two, three, four ranking that gets it done. Right. It could be one to 20 somewhere in there and somebody comes up and wins it. And so it, it translates down to high school as well. 
Yeah, it was pretty cool. So congratulations to the Middleton boys team and also uh, Trevor Garris of Capitol High, three-time district champ. He's headed Uh, to UCLA, which is pretty pretty snazzy, right? That's a that's a legit offer to have on your plate. <laughs> oh no, I get to go to UCLA and golf. Oh my God. That's a yeah. tough life, man. Yeah. <laughs> there are worse things to happen to you. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So congratulations to Trevor again. Uh, Mike Liklama had that in his article, that little nugget there about Trevor going to play at UCLA. You should go check that out. Uh, that's at the Idaho Statesman uh, on the girls side, Logan, a little more compelling uh, and, and, and just as close of a finish individually, but the, the team race, a blowout Rocky mountain wins yet again, uh, fourth straight district title for the Rocky girls. Um, they shoot a 302. Eagle takes second. They were 29 strokes behind Rocky Mountain. So it gives you an idea of just how dominant this win was. But Rocky yeah. was Rocky was denied on the individual title. Uh, Jane Barry from Rocky was trying to uh, pull off the team individual sweep, but she gets into a playoff with Boise High's Kelly Goulet. And Kelly Goulet from Boise High ends up winning the playoff. Uh, and so she takes first. Jane Barry of Rocky has to settle for second. Yeah, and, and, you know, you look down the list, too. There was a lot of people, you know, golfers, just right there together. Um, you know, not much separation. I know that you might look at it and say, oh, that's five strokes. But, I mean, in the reality of it, it's not that big of a difference, at least to me. I know that that's, that's a big deal. You know, that's a difference in PGA between missing a cut and making a cut, obviously, or, you know, winning something and being way, you know, in the middle of the pack. But I think in here – I just think these, uh, you know, it, it's hard. It's a tough sport to be good at very young, like these uh, these athletes are, and uh, just a lot of competitive. I mean, you look at it from like three to ten. I think it was within four or five strokes. So uh, just one little mistake here and there could bump you up a lot or bump you back a lot. So very competitive uh, tournament they had there for five A. Yeah, now we turn our attention to state next week. Uh, it's going to be interesting um, on a statewide level how it shakes out at state. The Treasure Valley typically cleans up in 5A and 4A golf. But this year, Logan, a little bit of a wrinkle. Uh, the North is hosting state golf this year. The 5A meet is going to be held uh, at the Country Club in in Lewiston. And the 4A meet is going to be held at the University of Idaho golf course Ooh. up there. That's where the 4A is going to be. But th- those North teams are holding their districts at the state sites. So the 5A mm. schools are going to get a dry run through the Lewiston Country Club for their districts, which is actually happening today as we're recording this on September 28th. Um, and same thing for the 4A golfers up North. They're going to get to play the course at U of I a week before. So does that give them advan- an advantage? We'll, we'll see how it all shakes out, but that's kind of an interesting wrinkle to this year's state competition. And that's a fun course that U of I course. I played it a couple of times when I was in school there, they have, they have a PGA program at U of I. So they've got the golf course there on site. I mean, it's, it's just right there. Um, and we played it a couple of times with like accounting professionals would come and endure a round of golf with the students. Um, couple times a year so it's really fun that that'll be a fun one though for the 4a if if you're listening that is a great and you haven't played it uh it's a great course there in moscow so that should be fun yeah that's where the 4a is going to be held uh next week and we will recap state golf and on next week's prep cast another big event came to uh to the treasure valley over the weekend logan the bob Furman. Yeah cross-country invite it's always held at eagle island park which is so beautiful um 
It's a, it's a popular spot this time here, not just for runners, yeah. but for recreationists. Yeah, I, I heard some people complaining, like, wow, I was trying to go to the park and it was so busy. And I was like, yeah, well, there was like 4,000 runners or something like that that showed up to this thing. And so, you know, people, can I still get in? I'm like, I don't know if that, how could you even get in with that many people? Um, but it is, it's, it's just right there in Eagle, kind of between Eagle and Meridian. Um, it's a great spot. I'm sure everybody, if, if you're listening, you know where Eagle Island is. Um, but it, it, it's, it's, uh, my kids love tubing there and I do too. It's really, they have a tubing hill in the winter, but, um, just a huge race, right? You know, we've covered some cross country races, but I don't think anything on the magnitude of what this race is and how many people are there from other states. Uh, just, just a huge event there at Eagle Island. It is the biggest cross country competition in the Northwest for high school. It, it's yeah. insane. So here are the stats, 4,432 athletes from 158 high schools, 69 middle schools, encompassing seven different <laughs> states. <laughs> I, mean, That's, I mean, what do you got there? Probably Washington, Idaho, obviously, Washington, Oregon, Utah, Nevada, Montana, uh, Wyoming. Yeah. I think, I think, um, I think some California schools. Oh, California. Okay. Don't quote. Holy cow. Don't quote me on that. I'm kind of just taking a quick look at it. Um, But yeah, I think there are some like Seattle Seattle, driving. Yeah. Yeah. Seattle prep was there this year. Wow. um, Which is pretty impressive. And yeah, Dana Hills high school from California was there. So yeah. Wow. California also. Um, so yeah, this is, this is big league. Yeah. Um, with, with that said, we kind of focus on the varsity elite races, right? These are the best of the best, the cream of the crop. They also have a varsity division one varsity division two. And then those are so big Logan, they have to split them up. It's like, okay, schools a through L run now schools M through Z run second. Does it, does it say what time the first race was of the day? Yeah. Um, and then what time the last race was? I can't imagine that not being a 12 hour event. Yeah. And so it's so big. They run, they run the junior high stuff on Friday and then they do the high school stuff on Saturday. But so Saturday girls, freshmen started at seven 45 in the morning. <laughs> the last race it looks like was girls JV at two 50. Man. So they, they, they stagger them. Yeah. They stagger them pretty well, but that is an all day event for sure. So yeah. Uh, pretty interesting. Um, so in those elite races, Logan, on the girls side, uh, we had Boise high, of course, compete very well. Uh, they end up placing three runners here in the top 12. Uh, Audrey Orm takes second place overall. Sammy Smith finishes 10th and Allie Bruce takes 12th so that's a pretty good three of the top 12 for boise high they'll take it Mm -hmm. yeah with with the amount of people coming in it's not that they had to just compete against idaho but like you said some of the best athletes in the northwest are showing up to this and yeah that's impressive uh on the boys side uh the highest uh, placer from idaho in the elite race was landon hemeyer from rocky mountain no stranger to the success yeah, he's had, right uh he takes fourth overall um uh, right behind him in fifth place about 
13 seconds off of Hemeyer's pace was Nate Stadlander of Meridian High School. And then how about Luke Stockett from Victory Charter, Logan? Probably one of the smallest schools there. He's running in the elite race. He takes seventh overall. Yeah, I mean, that that's, I think, the most impressive thing we hear here, right, is that this is a small school. I know it's a charter school. It's in a populated area, but it's still a very small school. And to have an elite athlete like that, it just the the odds are very small to have that right and and phenomenal performance by him <laughs> caught probably caught a lot of eyeballs right um from from different you know colleges or anything like that that might have been paying attention to the race saying who what is a what is a victory charter you know what is what is this i'm not sure i've ever heard of this and it's like oh well this kid's fast you know um and you know maybe putting them on the map a little bit but definitely putting his name on the map competing in this and finishing in seventh or what is it was seventh or ninth seventh um, seventh yeah out of everyone and essentially some of the best racers in the northwest and to finish there that's a heck of an effort yeah and we talked about his older brother ian stockett has been kind of the dominant runner in 1a cross country he's now graduated it does the stockett family dynasty continue here with luke now uh we will have to wait and see but i mean take it seventh at bob Furman. yeah that's that's going to go a long way for sure yeah. so yeah congrats congrats to all the runners who competed at eagle island state park over this past weekend uh let's switch to volleyball logan we talked about skyview last week and how they were traveling to the durango classic uh, in Las Vegas to compete again. This is the premier tournament in the West. Uh, 64 teams were there competing, and it's only the best of the best, right? You you get invited to this tournament. You don't just get to show up. Uh, Skyview takes 27th overall out of 64 teams. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that you might look at it on the face and say, oh, you came in 27th, but with who you're talking about, I mean, that means you're better than the best team in theoretically half the state's in the whole country, you know, like, and, and I'm sure that they were competitive in the losses that they had, but a very impressive run by Skyview to do that in that sort of situation. And, you know, these are, these are elite. We talked about it last week. Uh, they've got multiple players that, that have come and gone from BYU or are going to play for BYU. And, um, you know, they played on ESPN last year. It, it's nothing is too big for Skyview volleyball. Yeah, so congratulations to the Lady Hawks. Hey, I also wanted to give a shout out. We were talking 1A volleyball last week, Logan. Um, and I wanted to, we, we, we were talking 1A D2, right? With Horseshoe Bend and Council and Tri Valley. And uh, I wanted to very quietly, Greenleaf Friends is kind of dominating 1A D1 volleyball in District 3. Um, they're they're 8 0 in the league, Logan. They're 9 and 1 overall. And I've watched them on film a couple of times. Um, just trying to get scores that are missing over the past couple of days. And I'm telling you what, this Greenleaf Friends team is, they're athletic and they can get after it. Yeah, dangerous. I mean, to be 8-0 in conference, 9-1 overall, uh, there's only one other undefeated team, Victory Charter. Those two will play next week. Um, and I is that the last game of the season for both of them? That's uh, that probably is going to decide who is the number one seed in the district tournament, I'm guessing. 
Yes. And and everybody keeps telling me Liberty Charter, you know, is kind of the team and they get a lot of votes in the coaches poll and stuff, but Greenleaf just swept Liberty Charter 3 nothing oh, yeah. on on Tuesday. So, um yes, you're right. Victory Charter, Greenleaf kind of on this collision course. They will play uh on next Tuesday, October 3rd. So Well, Brandon, you're talking about them, right? They they lost their one loss on the year is to 2A Ambrose, right? So obviously they lost three sets there. Um, they've lost two total sets in their wins. That, yeah. That's it. Like <laughs> they're just <laughs> sweeping everybody. That's very, I mean, you look at it like that and they're not squeaking out. Right. You see this with, with a lot of sports like the NFL, right? A team goes, you know, 12 and four one year, I guess 12 and five now that they 17, but you know, they win eight of those games by a field goal, you know, two or three points. And it's just not going to go that way every season, right? It's going to flip and you're going to go back. And so you can look at, you know, sometimes it can be hard to judge a team, but when you judge a team like them where they've just absolutely blown everybody out, I think you can say, yeah, this team is good. Um, and they're set up, right. You know, just been able to roll through, essentially roll through their schedule. Anybody that's um, on the equal level as them. Yeah. Um, in two A volleyball quickly, uh Cole Valley Christian and Melba continue to be the two big teams there. Ambrose is also very good, as you alluded to, Logan. They're six and three. Um, Cole Valley is three and zero in conference play, ten and one overall. Melba is two and zero in conference play, three and three overall. They've already played once this year. Cole Valley swept Melba three nothing. And you're wondering, okay, well, how's Melba still undefeated in conference? Well, uh only the second conference matchup counts in the league standings because there's so many teams um, in, in the conference and you can't play everybody twice. So some, some schools you do play twice, but the first one is a non-conference matchup. Uh, so the game that counts, the match that counts between Melba and Cole Valley is coming up next Thursday, October 5th. Man, and you, and you look at what Cole Valley has been able to do, right? I mean, they've beaten Weezer, they beat Parma, they've beaten some of these, these, three A schools that have been on their schedule. Um, but what a testament their only loss is to one AD two horseshoe bend. So I just showed you how good horseshoe bend is. We've talked ad nauseum about them and their volleyball program. And how, if you haven't heard it, go just go listen to the past ones. Um, but it, we're talking Cole Valley, one of the best two A schools and they can't even beat horseshoe bend. So that's, that's impressive for the Mustangs on a side note. Yes. Uh, so we'll keep an eye on Cole Valley as they keep going and obviously Horseshoe Bend. And then 3A, I wanted to mention briefly, Fruitland was the team, right? They got to the championship last year. Uh, they had the player of the year in the entire state in, in a freshman. Um, but McCall Donnelly, look out. Here are the Vandals. They just beat Fruitland. And it's McCall Donnelly sitting in the driver's seat at 5-0 and in the conference, 7-0 and overall. When they beat Fruitland earlier this week, Logan, it was Fruitland's first loss of the year. And so here are the Vandals with uh, Gabby Green and some of these dynamic athletes that they've got. And good season for the Vandals. Yeah, they've only lost one set all year as well um, to Weezer. That's it. They've 3-0'd everybody except the Wolverines. So that's an impressive role right there for McCall Donnelly. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on McCall Donnelly in volleyball as well. I, I like this, you know, kind of statewide. There's some some new blood and new teams that are parity. Yes, uh, yeah, like like Finally. Salmon Salmon over in East Idaho is leading their division. Like that's awesome. Like when was the yeah. last time Salmon, you know, was able to say, yeah, we've got a first place team in volleyball. It's it's great. I love it. So, yeah, whenever whenever we get into sports and you see new teams, it, it is all it, it's great to see the old faces 
that, that dominate year in and year out. But it's also fun to see that, you know, the final four this year, right? NCAA basketball was a bunch of, besides UConn, new teams. It was kind of fun to see that. I think everybody likes to see a little bit of new and you know, who are you and, and what are you about? And let's find out. And so it should be fun tournament coming up in a couple of weeks. For sure. Soccer, uh, this 5A boys soccer race, <laughs> Timberline, 9-1-1, and one and one. Rocky Mountain, 9-1-1, and one and one. Boise, 9-1-2, and one and two. all three outstanding clubs. Uh, who ends up winning this regular season title? I'm not sure. Timberline just played Boise last night, Logan, and they battled to a 1-1 draw. That was the match we all thought, okay, this probably decides the league title. They end up splitting 1-1. Yeah, and I mean, even Bora. Bora only has one loss. They have four ties, but it's like Bora plays Timberline on Monday, and you know, I mean, you just don't know. I, those two played earlier in the year, um, a three-two game that Timberline won non-conference, but they tied Boise three to three, right? So it's, you know, we we're talking about it off air. It can go where you're the better team for seventy-nine minutes, but you make one little hiccup. Um, for one 30 second span of time when a team puts one in the back of the net and that's the difference. Right. Um, so, you know, th- th- it's a mess, right. It could be any of those teams there at the top and including Bora, who's um, j- just sitting there with the one conference loss too. just consider this just in the last week, since we last recorded the show, Logan. Okay. Last Wednesday, Bora ties Rocky three, three. Okay, then we move to mm-hmm. uh, the the following uh, week where Rocky beats Boise two nothing, and 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 then Rocky beats Timberline as well. Uh, and so Rocky ties Bora. They beat Timberline, beat Boise. Boise and Timberline both tie last night. And so the way I'm looking at this is that if everybody wins out, I think Rocky wins that regular season title. They've got the head to head over Timberline and Boise, and I don't know that Bora can bankroll enough wins to catch them uh in that department so no because they've only only got six right now they got the four ties um so you know what i don't know about regular season but districts bora might be a dangerous team yeah so i I think the regular season is set with with uh head-to-head tiebreakers and everything i think it's going to be rocky one and then uh timberline two just based on they've only have one tie and boise's got two and then I think Boise would be three, but um, it's it's very interesting three and really four really good teams at the top. And we'll be talking district brackets here uh, soon enough with that for uh, a boys soccer. We talked about this year, Bishop Kelly and Caldwell. Uh, we talked about the first time they matched up. They just met in the rematch not that long ago. They battled to a one to one draw Logan. So Caldwell gets a two to one win over Bishop Kelly and then they tie these are still the two premier teams. Right. Yes. And it's going to come down. It, it has right. The past couple of years, even at the state championship, it's been these two that have found their way to the title game. Um, you know, Columbia was able to get a tie in there against Caldwell. So something just to, you know, be aware of, but uh, I mean, that's what it is, right? That's for a soccer, not just SIC, but statewide is that it's, it's BK and it's Caldwell. Yeah. Uh, boy soccer at the three, a level it's McCall Donnelly. The Vandals are seven and one and two. They're four and one and one. They took that early season trip up North to play, uh, you know, some of the best teams from North Idaho. They played Coeur d'Alene charter, 
Uh, they played Timberlake. They basically, they, they beat Timberlake. They tied Coeur d'Alene Charter. They beat Lewiston, a 5A team earlier yeah. this year. This is a McCall Donnelly team that I think has real championship uh, aspirations here in boys soccer. Yeah, their only loss is a one to a two to one defeat to Fruitland, and they'll actually play Fruitland again tonight, right on um, Thursday night for the rematch. Um, you know, if they can get the win there, that should create a little bit of separation. I mean, Fruitland's got a couple of losses, but a win there should really I think, cement them into that that top spot there in the district. Yeah, McCall Donnelly trying to get back to state. They made it last year. Um, representing this district. So good luck, Vandals. And yeah, Fruitland uh, beat McCall Donnelly, but overall, you know, five, five and six and two, maybe a little bit of a head scratcher there, but yeah, uh, we'll, we'll see how the rematch shakes out for sure. Um, on the girls' soccer side, Logan, when we start talking about, we'll just start at 3A and work our way up. Um, when, you, when you're talking about 3A, of course, Fruitland is the team that we most associate with the snake river valley conference these past couple of years they've still got a little firepower they're eight and two and one and they're five and oh in the league yeah i don't think i don't think they've slowed down really at all you know they lost to legrand right they tied ontario and they and they, they lost legrand twice those are their two losses are from out of state so they've yet to lose or tie an idaho team right they've beaten every team from idaho they've played so far so um doesn't look like they've slowed down at all um but all of a sudden you look at who's next and it's homedale right the team that didn't have a team a couple of years ago and all of a sudden homedale is on a roll and and they want to make it to state for the first time ever right yeah and and homedale just tied mccall donnelly 1-1 and so i think when you look at fruitland and homedale and Weezer and McCall Donnelly, there's really good parity in the league this year. And that district tournament is going to be a lot of fun to see all of these teams duke it out. I like Fruitland to take a spot. And then that second spot, who knows, could be, could be anybody. Yeah, uh, it could be for sure. Girls soccer in 4A hasn't changed much. It's Bishop Kelly and Valley View still kind of leading the charge there. Um, but then on the girls side in 5A soccer, Logan, again, at the top, pretty evenly matched with Boise being 10 and 0. They're 11 and 0 overall. Timberline's right behind them. 8 and 0 and 1 in league, 10 and 1 and 2 overall. Eagle and Hawaii are also having outstanding seasons. Hawaii I think is a real dark horse uh in this whole race, but you look at Boise and what they're able to do year in year out. They play Timberline tonight, Logan. Thursday, September 28th. This will probably decide the regular season title. Yeah, it probably does. And they got a big win last night against Rocky. They just beat Hawaii 2-0 as well. They haven't allowed a goal um, since they gave up one to Meridian on September 9th. And the last goal before that, they've given up two goals all season. They gave up one to Bora on August 22nd and one to Meridian on September 9th. And that is it. If you want to beat them, you're going to have to score, obviously. Um, and that just scoring would be quite the feat. But, I mean, you look at what they've been able to score, 2, 2, 4, 6, 5, 9, 2. You know, they're going to get at least two goals a game, it seems like, and nobody else has been able to get barely one on them. So it's going to be tough. I mean, Boise just looks like they're in control once again. Yeah, and not not that they needed more help, right, with players like uh... – Sammy Smith and Sophia Clark and uh, uh, CUNY Hirai all returning yeah. 
um, from last year's team, but they also picked up a transfer from Thunder Ridge. And you're thinking, boy, how did that happen? Mary Saul Stosich started as a freshman at Thunder Ridge last year. She's now a sophomore. She plays club soccer, though, with all these girls from Boise and decided, I kind of like this. And her parents uh, have moved to Boise so she can play with these girls. And uh, so there you go. Taking one of Thunder Ridge's best players and adding it to this nucleus already. Uh, good recipe for success. Yeah. Yeah. And they have been right. I mean, clearly just, just on a roll. So it's Boise's to lose once again. <laughs> yeah. Now Thunder Ridge isn't too happy about this, but you know, Boise is operating within the rules. And so, Hey, more, more power to you, I guess. And it's not like just hopping down the street, right? That's like a, I moved, moved. Yes. <laughs> like that's, that is, what do you want him to do? Go back to Thunder Ridge every day? Like that's not happening. So yeah, pretty significant <laughs> there. So yeah, we'll keep an eye on the, on that race as well. All right, Logan, let's talk football. Um, let's, let's kind of talk about what's coming up. Uh, we have a couple of games on idahosports.com, uh, starting with um bishop kelly and burley of course we talked about friday night seven o'clock this will be a great chance for you to see bishop kelly up close and personal i don't know how much fans have been able to see bk this year we see the the results and we know they're good but if you want to know why they're good this is a good opportunity yeah and and bk i'm so i'm gonna they're they're gonna they're gonna win this game um i think um they're gonna go in and and Burley has struggled on defense lately. I just saw them play against Minico, um, and it, it was a diff, difficult time for them. They have, you know, one of the best players in the nation on offense anywhere, um, but the defense uh, and Bishop Kelly's going to give them fits. And that, and that's not a knock on Burley. I'll say just because look what BK did last year, right? Minico was one of the top teams in the state all year long, and Minico comes into the state semifinals and gets gets beat real bad by Bishop Kelly and, and maybe Bishop Kelly sees the light, right? You know, it's been a lot about the East Idaho teams the last couple of years, all about skyline the last couple of years. And, and uh, you know, Hillcrest looks legit right uh, over there, but maybe Bishop Kelly, maybe this is their time, right? Maybe this is their time. And, and they scheduled uh, good teams to play against or Burley came over here last year. They're going to go to Burley this year. Um, and like you said, a good chance and a good test for them to go up against a player like Gatlin bear. That offense is very good from Burley. And so it'll give the BK defense a chance to see a very good offense um, and a chance to see what they can do against a good offense like that. Yeah. Uh, Chris Kulig, former Rocky mountain coach in his first year at Bishop Kelly, just keeping the, keeping the ball rolling, doing, doing yeah. a great job there. Um, so that's the game we'll have for you on idahosports.com uh, this week involving teams from the treasure Valley um, five ASIC Boise still undefeated, which is awesome. We'll deep dive into that next week where next week we'll start talking about, okay, we're in October. Let's start looking at the playoffs. How is everything going to shake out? Cause we could spend two hours talking about this five. Yeah. As I see, we got some requests, Logan to do it. We should say though, they, they play this week, right? Against Eagle. Both right. are five and zero, oh, and yes. that might determine who wins. Um, the the rivers division so it, it is a significant game between those two probably win out the rest of the way whoever wins that one I'm, i haven't looked at this rest of the schedule but based on what they've done whoever wins that one but like you said the 5 asic is a disaster um and in a good way right we talked we said that last week it's just a big mess um and we can deep dive that next week because that one would we could all have a whole <laughs> 
a whole episode just on what's going on there. Yes. Um, <clears throat> but we get requests from people to, to get, to give them, you know, we, we, and we always welcome this. If there is a story, a team, a topic you want us to cover, you can always email us Brandon at idahosports.com, Logan at idahosports.com. And I got a couple of emails this week asking us to do a deep dive into this Weezer football team at the three, a level. They've got a huge game with McCall Donnelly coming up. By the way, I said last week on the prep cast, McCall Donnelly is the team nobody's talking about, and they had this matchup with Fruitland, and I thought this was kind of a de facto playoff game uh, between these two teams. And now McCall Donnelly says, okay, we took out the third-place team from last year. Now we're going to set our sights on the second-place team. But for Weezer specifically, Logan, they just are rolling. I mean, Tom Harrison, legendary coach, continuing to – win games no matter where he goes Weezer is undefeated and they've shown pretty decent balance this year they definitely favor the run um, but when they do drop back to pass it, it's high efficiency high completion percentage yeah this is a team only a year and two years removed from a state championship right they won they broke up the dynasty for Sugar Salem that Sugar Salem came back and I know um, you know it, it always comes down to is it going to be Fruitland or excuse me, is it going to be Homedale or Weezer? It's going to come. Those two will play next week. And I don't want to overlook the McCall Donnelly game, like you said, but I mean, if they get past McCall Donnelly and it, it comes down to that, right. And that's a huge game that, that, or excuse me, Weezer Homedale more than likely picks who finishes third. And that is a huge game, right? Because, that's going to set up, and it happened last year, right? Weezer had to go to Homedale in the state semifinals. And Weezer's good. Like, they're very good. They did it last year. They went all the way to the semifinals, um, and then they they ran into some trouble against Homedale. And those two teams have flipped even. Like, the team that wins the regular season has lost the playoff game, uh, you know, or vice versa. And so I, I would watch out, uh, you know, if you're Weezer, don't overlook this week. I think they're going to be – Fine. Like you said, they're a dark horse. I think McCall Donnelly, if you can get past them safely, I think you got to feel really good. Uh, but again, that game next week against uh, Homedale probably more than likely is for the second seed at state rather than, and they won't actually be the third though. I think the way the three, a bracket sets up, but, but you don't have to, you will be at home. You'll be at home until the state championship. And I think that's the big thing. Yes. So what makes Weezer so good? Well, their offense, they run, it's kind of a hybrid wing T coach. Tom Harrison likes to call it the Wolverine T, which I love. <laughs> I love, I love that brand branding. Um, but they, they definitely love to run the ball. Logan, they're averaging yeah. 230 rushing yards per game. They're averaging 8.2 yards per carry. So, I mean, when you're able to rip off eight, nine yards on every single carry, you are just going to wear down the opponent uh, into submission um, as the game goes along. And then they couple that with really stingy defense, you know, on the season, they are only allowing, uh, what is it? Well, they, they only, they only gave up eight points to pay at 14 to Cole Valley, six to Bonners Ferry. Yeah. They shut out LeGrand and then 21 to Buell. And oh, yeah, you know, you can ignore opening week, but uh, really since then, what is that? 20, 28 points they've given up since week one. Um, so a touchdown a game is essentially what they're giving up a touchdown and some change. Uh, that's, that's stout defense. 
Yep, they've got eight takeaways on defense, uh, six interceptions, two fumbles recovered. Uh, they have 15 sacks, so they average three sacks per game. They bring the pass rush. It's hot and heavy there. Um, and so strong running game, strong defense, core yep. tendons of what makes Weezer good. Some individual players to highlight when we talk about running the ball. It's almost nearly identical production between their top two ball carriers this year, Caleb Grove and Jaden Walker. They're both seniors. Grove is rushed for 354 yards. Walker is rushed for 346. But the big difference is, Logan, Grove has done it with 20 more carries. 46 carries for Grove, so that's 7.7 yards per carry. Mm -hmm. Walker has gotten his on just 25 touches. That's 13.8 yards per carry. So he is probably the lightning to Caleb Grove's thunder. Yeah, you're getting a first down every carry, right? You know, and, and I'm sure that's not, you know, obviously you're not getting exactly 13 and going down to the ground. Um, you got to imagine a couple of those are stuffed at the line, but then you factor in those ones that are going for longer. Uh, he's the guy you got to watch out for to break it into the second level um, there for Weezer. Yeah, and Grove has scored eight rushing touchdowns. Walker has scored six. And so we talked about Weezer doesn't pass a ton, but when they do, it is high efficiency, and it's a lot of yards after catch. Colin Cook is the is the starting quarterback his first time as a junior this year, Logan. He's completing 75% of his passes. He's 50 of 66 on the season for yeah. 823 yards. And I think what Coach Harrison loves most, 10 touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah, and they, again, when you want to throw it, they're fine to do it. And, and that's where they just lull you to sleep with that, you know, that Wolverine tee, right? Keep it on the ground. And then all of a sudden they go over the top and somebody's open. You didn't expect them to be. And boom, touchdown Weezer. Um, you know, they're, they're going to put up points on offense. They're going to stop you on defense. I mean, you look back a couple years ago, that state championship game, they won it on the final play on defense, right? It's stop at the goal line. And they were able to get it done. It's just a tough team on both sides of the ball. Yes. And then uh, also in the special teams, Weezer is always good at special teams. I feel like Brock Spencer has returned at least a kickoff and a punt for touchdowns this year, just on games we've done on IdahoSports.com. I've seen it. Uh, So I don't know how many touchdown returns he has this year, but it's, it's a lot. Um, And and that's a factor. He's, he's of course the top receiver and and the chain mover on, on offense, but he's also a very lethal return man. And then kicking wise, Logan, um, Weezer's got a really solid, steady, dependable kicker. He made our top 10 special teams players list during the offseason. Rendon Olsen, he's been kicking since he was a sophomore. He was a sophomore kicker on that championship team from two years Mm -hmm. ago. He's 33 of 35 on PATs this year. They've only brought him out for one field goal, but as he moves inside potentially to other, you know, domed arenas in the playoffs um they might feel more comfortable having him attempt more field goals but when you've got a rock solid kicker like rendon olsen as well um because how many games have we seen this year where a missed kick on a pat is what decided the game i mean and in ripple effects right you miss the one then you try to catch up and you don't get it you go for two and and yeah like you don't pick it up and now all of a sudden you're you're missing two points and somebody goes for two and now all of a sudden you're down by three um you know it's a big difference and to be have somebody go out there with no worry at all that they're going to knock it through is a huge uh security blanket yep so uh weezer it's it's all the things we've come to expect good solid run game yeah. excellent defense very good special teams and that's what makes the wolverines so tough as they now get into their most important stretch of the year and i'll say it's one of my favorite places to go do a game I said it before, but I love the hill there on the left side, right? Where 
it, it'll be covered in red. This the, they got this hill that goes down to the field. Um, and it's a great site. Weezer, if, if you haven't, if you're looking for a fun place to watch a football game, Weezer is definitely uh, near the top of that list. Yep. Uh, and McCall Donnelly comes in undefeated as well. So you've got uh, Homedale, yeah. Weezer, McCall Donnelly, all undefeated. Uh, they're all going to play each other here over the next couple of weeks. Um, this is a McCall Donnelly team. They've got a very good quarterback in Maddox Arnold can really throw the ball uh, and throws a deep ball really well. Cole Burton shot kind of lines up all over on offense for them. Um, they also play really good, solid defense. And so I'm excited to see how this game shakes out. Adam Rushton is kind of their middle linebacker uh, for McCall Donnelly, and he kind of leads the troops there. Um, this this is going to be a fun game, I think. Yeah, you know, it's a home game for McCall Donnelly. And so I think that you've got that in your favor, right? You've got the home field advantage. you got the home crowd. Um, maybe you can sneak an upset in there because it would be huge, right? It would be a massive upset. Weezer is securely into this number three spot at state, right? Or, you know, in the state rankings. That's where I don't think the 3A rankings have changed at all this year. At least the top three, I don't think have moved. And I think Teton is number four. And I don't know if, I don't know if the top four have changed all year. It has been pretty secure that everybody knows that, you know, and, and again, any of those three at the top could be it. And, but McCall Donnelly, I think they probably have something to say about that, right? They want to come in here and and cause some noise and and push some buttons. You know, they're they're not that far out. They played for a two A state championship just a couple of years ago, back in two thousand and nineteen. So they were right there, just a couple of years off from that. So they know how to get to state championships. Yep. So here is my pitch to all of the Homedale and Weezer and McCall Donnelly fans: You're going to have your respective game Friday night. And then we're thinking big picture here, right? Postseason. If you want to see two highly regarded teams and figure out what they're all about on IdahoSports.com this Friday night, Logan, we've got a big non-conference showdown. Sugar Salem at yes. Tim Timberlake. They are traveling to the north to play Timberlake. It's a Pacific time zone kickoff of seven o'clock. So that's an hour behind everybody. So your game will get over. And I bet you could watch at least the second half of Sugar Salem and Timberlake uh, as you're going home or doing whatever. And this is a great opportunity to see two of the best teams in 3A and kind of go, okay, how, how would we stack up against these guys? Yeah, and, you know, McCall has already beaten Timberlake, Timberlake. right? Yes. And so now, you know, if, if you're McCall, right, you watch this game and, and you see Timberlake hang with Sugar Salem, you got to feel really good about yourself, right? You got to think, okay, we're right here. We're, you know, because that is that's that's the elephant in the room, right? Is Sugar Salem, right? Nobody wants to talk about them, but that's the that's the truth of the matter, right? Is that they're the ones that you got it. You have to go through. Weezer has done it. Weezer has gone through Sugar Salem and won a state championship. Homedale has has not yet, unfortunately. It's it's just crazy. You look at three A state championships. It has been one of those three that has either played or won it for the past six years. I mean, it, nobody else has even been in the fight. It's just been those three. Um, so you got to go through them. So here's your chance, right, to watch them go up against a team. Timberlake came down and played Weezer last year in the first round of the playoffs, and I went and did that game. And I tell you, Timberlake was right there. Like, I think that it surprised a lot of the Weezer folks that they were in that game. You know, it was closer than I think a lot of people thought it was going to be, including myself. And Timberlake showed up. So, like you said, Brandon, a fun one to watch right here on Idaho Sports on Friday night. 
Yep. And if you want to see all the games that we are broadcasting, just go uh, to the homepage, IdahoSports.com. Click on the game streams tab up in the uh, right corner of the screen. That'll show you all the games that we are doing statewide. All right, Logan, uh, we will next week start diving into like district brackets. We'll, we'll talk about state golf. We'll start talking football playoff picture. How's it looking? Our bracketology series will be coming back on the website starting next week. Once we get into October, that's when I start putting on my bracketology cap and start <laughs> start breaking it down. So, I mean, I mean, it's crazy to think about, right? It, when we talk next week, you know, we'll have those games and then two weeks of games and that's it. And then we're at state. It's crazy that it's already just right around the corner. We're going to have state tournaments kicking off and about there will probably – well, the 28th, today's the 28th. One one month from today, we will be knee-deep in round one. Yeah, I'm not ready for it, personally. Crazy, so. crazy. Yeah, all right. Well, enjoy the competition this weekend, everybody. Uh, thanks for tuning into the Treasure Valley PrepCast. For Logan Green, I'm Brandon Bainey, and we'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.